An experimentation program won't grow if you don't have anybody enabling. It won't work if you don't have anybody driving it. And it won't scale if you don't have anybody growing it. Uh, a company realizes, so you might realize, hey, we need, uh, we need to use experimentation. You might have heard about A-B testing and, and, and you want to scale it to, to the next level. This is usually uh, where agencies come in or where a small team uh, is somewhat siloed working on an experiment. If you don't have any goal, it's one first very hard to, to sell the idea of experimentation because nobody knows in which direction you're going. What do you want to achieve and what kind of results this can lead to? The, the real power of experimentation lies in of having an experimentation program is having a process that you can optimize. Put your user first, talk with people, right? Do qualitative analysis, like look through customer voice analysis and make this part of the process at every step of the way. Hello and welcome to another exciting conversation on VWO Podcasts. In this episode, Nils outlines the three key building blocks of a strong experimentation process. He highlights the need for maintaining a constant loop with stakeholders and also talks about the importance of budgeting for your experimentation efforts. But wait, this episode isn't like your regular podcast. It's a unique webinar turned video podcast delivered to you in the form of an exclusive masterclass. So don't forget to hit that follow button to stay updated with our latest episodes. Before we move on, here's a quick summary of who we are and what we do. VWA is a leading experience optimization platform that helps fast-growing brands optimize their digital experiences using our latest product DWO insights. You can understand user journeys and identify conversion roadblocks on your website and mobile app. That said, let's join the conversation and learn how to build a strong experimentation process. Experiments are run maybe by one or two people, um, but often heavily uh, uh, monitored by, by management or leadership where every experiment has to first go through a, a rigid uh, approval process. Not really uh, what you would think about an experimentation program or an experimentation culture within the company that encourages to try things out, right? Uh, then there is the the next, the next bubble, right? So, and I described it as some, because there might be some people um, working on experimentation, working on rolling out experiments, testing features. Um, what I see oftentimes is this oftentimes limited to marketing. So people run marketing experiments, not necessarily only in A-B testing, but also in, in running uh, ad tests, right? Like testing out uh, different, different, uh, ad sets or whatever, or creatives in, in, in this process. Um, this is often where agencies start to come in, right? It's a uh, company realizes, so you might realize, hey, we need, uh, we need to use experimentation. You might've heard about A-B testing and, and, and you want to scale it to, to the next level. This is usually uh, where agencies come in or where a small team uh, is somewhat siloed working on an experiment. And then there is, I just thought like this uh, infinity sign would describe it in, that, in the best possible way, but where literally everyone in the company uh, is allowed to run experiments or at least to commission them, contribute in this process of experimentation that you want to, uh, that you want to, to grow, right? So this is our idea. Um, but yeah, basically our idea of how, where everybody can run experiments, how eventually companies grow. And you can see this in the, the examples of Microsoft, Booking, Amazon, all these big companies where 
it's not really one or two people running experiments, right? You can't even imagine like one person doing all of that for uh, one of the aforementioned companies, but it's really in all the departments, um, people are running experiments, right? So at first, an experimentation program won't grow if you don't have anybody enabling it. And you have, it won't work if you don't have anybody driving it. And it won't scale if you don't have anybody growing it. So there's the three building blocks that we see is literally like buy-in, getting leadership buy-in, then process, having a fundamental process. And this is like the core of this, of this webinar as well, is like knowing each and every step in the experimentation program and having somebody look over that. And then visibility, because without visibility, there is no way to grow it because nobody will know that you run experiments. But we'll go into the individual uh, building blocks uh, throughout this webinar. And let's start with buy-in as the first one. So buy-in is basically getting leadership or people who give the money uh, or who make the decisions, especially in, in companies that are less mature in the beginning, to buy into the, to the idea of experimentation. They need to understand that experimentation, running things, and not just by creating a, uh, a rigid roadmap of features or or changes to the website is what, what actually can drive growth. And they also need to understand what this does in, in, in regards to risk management and, and all these kind of things. So what I, if, if I was to take anything away, even without the process, like get leadership to buy in to, to the idea of experimentation, right? Sell them the idea and sell them what experimentation, running tests, but even, even the mindset behind it, what this can have an impact, what kind of in impact this can have to, to, to your company and to your growth and to making data-driven decisions, right? But this is, this is step one in getting buy-in and, and making buy-in from leadership, from management, uh, an important part of experimentation because without them, you, you won't have, you won't have any chance, right? So. The second one that I really like to, to look at is setting clear goals, right? Because if you don't have any goal, it's one first very hard to, to sell the idea of experimentation because nobody knows in which direction you're going, what do you want to achieve and what kind of results this can lead to. And of course, in, in an experimentation program, if you're already running tests, you, you know the best. It's, it's very hard to know what, what you're going to get out of it because People always, all the time like to say, okay, we want a 30% increase in revenue or, or sometimes even more extra, like higher amounts. But is this really what, what, what counts? And isn't it like also um, part about risk management, right? Making the right decisions for your company. What I always suggest and what we do with clients if they don't have it already, um, but actually most companies still have it, especially in, in management tiers where, where decisions are currently being made, there is a goal tree map or some kind of representation of how you achieve where you want to go, right? So this is what I recommend is actually looking at a goal tree map and aligning the goals you already have as a company and maybe also work with, with, uh, the, with, with like your, your sprints, the quarters or how OKRs, however your company works right now, don't change it all, but work with these metrics, with these goals to align your experimentation efforts in these, in these areas. So this is the very important step and I would not suggest, um, just skipping it and, and getting directly into running experiments because you need buy-in 
And uh, if people on, on all levels don't know what's at stake, then there is no point. But the third one is also budget, right? And I also added in agencies because especially if you're not there yet, um, you need some kind of budget. But budget also extends to people. Like if you want to grow experimentation across the company, there might be new roles you need to hire for. And while I could make an entire presentation solely about how to budget for experimentation and, and the kind of teams you need or the kind of teams that can really help, um, yes, ev like evolve your experimentation program throughout time, um, I think it, it just comes down to thinking about like the people you need, you already have and, and creating a core team, but also training. You don't want people to just have the same, the same information, the same knowledge right, that they have right now, but you want them to actually grow over time, right? And uh, generally something that already happens in most companies, but make sure to also budget for these things specific to, to experimentation and to these efforts. And also, of course, I mean, we're in a BWO webinar, but generally like think about what are tools do you need? What research tools, what A-B testing tools do you need? Or maybe does your company require completely custom experimentation solution? Think about these things and get the budget for it. It's super important because without the budget, without the, the means you can try as hard as you want, but you just won't get anywhere. Um, because in the end, there is just, might just money might be missing, right? And then one thing, and we did a lot of mistakes in the beginning here, especially as an agency, but but what we figured out is that reporting is very, very, very crucial. Um, not just because um, it gives us an idea where we are, how the program is evolving or like how individual tests perform, but it's very important also to, to validate the buy-in that we got initially and to keep a constant loop with people that are still providing us and, and enabling us to, to do this. And this is especially important in the beginning because oftentimes experimentation programs start out as, as, as a pilot phase, right? People or companies start, let's, let's try this for three months, six months, a year. But over this time, constantly reminding of the progress you're making, but also sharing the learnings, right? Sharing what stuff went wrong. And it's very important to build this kind of mindset that way that people understand it's not just about the, the revenue added. It's very important and, or the, whatever the metric is you're optimizing for, but that people actually know what's happening. This is super important. Now, later, uh, when we talk about visibility, the third building block that I'm talking about today, um, I'll talk about meeting cadence and, and reporting cadence a bit more. All right. This is uh, the first building block, I think, done. Um, and before we go into the, the second one, um, funny enough, uh, whoever at BWO who created the post and to promote uh, today's webinar had this, um, this uh, yeah, there's a quote in there from, from Edward Stemming. Um, and I'll quickly read it to you. If, if you can't describe what you're doing as a process, then you just literally don't know what you're doing. And this couldn't be, this couldn't be more true in, in, in experimentation than it is in so many other fields. And the reason is because if you don't really have a process, if you just catch and test the idea from here and, and implement experiment here and make a decision there, and things are just going, going their own weird ways. But where the, the real power of experimentation lies and of 
having an experimentation program is having a process that you can optimize. And we'll later also see why this is so important. But let's quickly dive into the process because this is eventually what's going to drive experimentation in your company. And I probably won't go into all and every single step because this would just also take way more time than we have today in, 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 this, in this scope and, and as part of this representation. But, but one thing, if we, if we start looking at how we as an agency start experimentation with clients, we, we usually have a couple steps, a couple phases. And then I'll go into the next step. I'll, I'll show you also how that could look like. But um, we first need to define success. And you see the, the similarities to what this means in regard to getting buy-in. Obviously, for an agency like us, we most of the time already have buy-in from leadership because they basically create the contract with us, right? But defining success is so important because we need to understand also, not, not just for reporting's sake, but really need to understand what we should optimize for and, and where, where, where we can optimize. And so this is usually phase one. Phase two is getting an understanding of, of your customers, understanding bottlenecks and analyzing the website or apps or whatever the, the asset is that we, we are optimizing as part of the scope of working with clients, but then also really doing deep research. And this is a part I'll, you'll see later again, but that's oftentimes skipped. It's just doing research. It's so easy to jump to, to the next best test ideas. Um, but research is the foundation of, of, of creating good test ideas and coming up with, uh, well, with, with ideas and, and, and a plan and a strategy of executing, uh, your, your, uh, ideas, of course. Right. So, and then hypotheses, I see it so often in, in experimentation programs or amateur, I would say even in experimentation programs where hypotheses are oftentimes very, very far at the back. Like after implementation, people think, or after evaluation of, of experiment results, where people think about what did we actually do? They might come up with, with an idea and, and just uh, implement it or test it, but never think about what the, what the actual meta structure of this experiment, this A-B test might be. So um, creating sound hypotheses. And there's, I think in my recent newsletter, I referred to a couple articles about this. And uh, I, I'm happy to share this on LinkedIn again uh, tomorrow or something, but um, there's, there's very good material on how to create proper hypotheses based on the research you're already doing, uh, hopefully that you're doing. So very, very important step. Um, and then planning and running your tests, right? There is several frameworks um, that are also shared by other agencies or people in the space that you can use to really plan and make a plan of how to run experiments over time. So it's not just the uh, one-time efforts of let's create like 10 experiments and then run them over the next half a year, but actually creating a plan and strategy behind uh, the kind of tests you want to run uh, to, to learn more about your users, but eventually also to to improve the product or the, the website you have. So, um, and there is obviously also prioritization that, that goes into that and already as part of the hypothesis uh, step. Um, but then it's even running tests. There's so many things that play into it. You need to design it. You need to develop it. You need to create a statistical um, design for the test, right? Something that's also oftentimes overlooked because people 
jump to developing it too fast or jump to hitting the run for however many weeks uh, in their testing tool. Um, but this is all steps that I very much encourage you to look at how you're currently doing and what are you currently doing and just writing down the process, like very meticulously. And there's things like Q&A. How does Q&A work? How is it uh, executed on a technical level? And all these kind of things, and all the way to, to the point where you're uh, like hitting that button and, and start the experiment. But then also is the next step, right? right? Create, create a system for how you, how you deal with uh, the situation with monitoring when an experiments are running, because you need to understand uh, based on, on, on metrics is an experiment actually like hurting you right now? And there was a, a great talk by Lucas Bermier, um that you can find online about uh, how you can detect uh, if, if, when, when errors happen, right? And uh, probably not applicable to, to all, the, all the, the companies that run experiments, but um, it's, it's super important to have a plan for every step of the way. So from first insight to all the way when you're ending an experiment. Um, so I can just highly encourage you to just write it down. It's, it's a bit of a tiresome process, but, um, writing down the process and, um, also figure out ways to, ways to optimize that. And this is, um, I think I skipped this one, but so the full process that we have is usually accompanied by a more enclosed a testing process that is actually than iterative. So, um, just wanted to mention that, of course, we don't do defining success in, in every in every cycle. All right, a white page, but um, usually how we work with clients is in retainers. Doesn't really matter for the scope of this presentation, but I just put these slides in because this is something we use whenever we present to a client, how we'll be working with them together. And I just want to give you a quick, quick glimpse at how this usually works. And for, for some companies in some situations, and I'm happy to go into how this could actually look like, but this can be a blueprint of how to, how to kick off experimentation or the first couple spins of the so-called experimentation flywheel. Um, and you see the, the, the similarities again to what I was just presenting to you. We, we, we start with defining success, then we do a deep dive. That's at least what I called it here, where we, where we do research and all these kind of things to find out where we are and where we want to be and uh, find out more about users, their behavior, and uh, also do analysis of the website, of course. But then we work in sprints, right? This is also operationally something that you want to think about. How do you work um, in these in these uh, circles and in these cycles, sorry. Yes. And yeah, this is something I can highly encourage you. It doesn't have to be a fancy presentation like this, or it can simply be a document where you define the process, where you define how operationally you will run this process, how you will drive it. And then do, do, do yourself a favor and just write it down, share it with people and make it actually something that you regularly assess also. Um, and also here, I actually have um, a bit of a, uh, a deep dive, let's just call it like that, um, into what these individual work packages oftentimes look like. We, we adjust that for, for clients, but um, you, you see, we, we cover operations. We, we cover how and what kind of sprints we work. We cover what is usually included as part of the continuous research um, and also in, and as part of reporting. And this is something that's super important and not that we do all these things, but that we have it written down somewhere. And not just because we are an agency and we kind of need to uh, get budget for stuff, 
but because also it helps us actually operate uh, with this process. So that's enough about us and how we do it, but um, let's go a bit into what the foundations also of the process are. And I mentioned it before, it's like research. I, this is one of the things that I skipped so many times, but it can provide so much clarity and so much information that you, um, that you oftentimes just miss. And in companies that are very, um, already work in a user centric way, this is maybe something that's not obvious, that that's more obvious than in others, but put your user first, talk with people, right? Do qualitative analysis, like look through customer voice analysis and make this part of the process at every step of the way. And, or at least at regular intervals, but also use data. You, so many companies have so much data that goes unused. Um, it, it's just collected over time, but never really used, but use this for research. You can find anomalies in behavior uh, or in, in how people just use in the customer journey, how people use the website um, and use it to, to gather insights. But what do we do with all these insights, then later test ideas and experiments? Well, uh, what oftentimes happens is people just write it down in Asana tasks or for, for um, more product companies um, in, in Jira maybe. But what we really want is to have a sound, a really good documentation of what happened. Again, what happened every step of the way. So we're uh, mostly working with, with Airtable here. A recommendation that I got, um, maybe you're listening, but from, from Ruben, uh, a couple of years back, and, and this has been really, really helpful for us as an agen agency right now. We're working uh, on building a tool though, that also helps us, um, better document and also scale, uh, scale with this documentation process and learn more across clients also, but make sure you're creating a structure for documentation, um, of your process. So it doesn't all go to waste. And then the, the, the third, like. Yeah, building block or as part of a process is like, make sure you really understand how to use hypotheses and how to, how to actually create them. So they mean something, so they're not just a thing that you do and then it lands somewhere and, or is in a presentation or your, your slide deck, but make your pro uh, your hypotheses, uh, the backbone of your strategy. So these actually represent what you're doing and they, they will eventually help you also learn more from, from your experiments when you're analyzing them at the end. And then the fourth one, and oftentimes also very, very much missed is like automation. In the beginning, when we started, especially with Airtable, we didn't have much automation in place, but what we realized over time is that there are so many recurring tasks that really nobody liked. It's like oftentimes creating presentations. They kind of look the same all over, like every, every single time, not in terms of content, but in terms of structure and, but then also stuff like gathering test ideas and notifying people of when stuff is happening, creating tasks in your task layer and all these kind of things, all this stuff can be automated. And, uh, so I'll actually, I'll actually, oops, uh, I'll actually go and continue here and with a bigger picture of that, um, tool landscape can, can range from, from various things. So we, we work here with Airtable a lot, but we're also on building this, our conversion lab studio. Um, but then we use tools like Slack, Asana, Jira on, on client side, a lot of the times, but we want to connect all these, um, 
we want to connect all these tools so they make sense for us. And um, yeah, and so we can, don't have to do all of the heavy lifting and heavy work. Um, so what I recommend is like looking at what kind of connections you have in, in terms of API um, or uh, use and leverage API. It's like it doesn't cost a lot, but but can really help you automate processes and stuff. So yeah, but this requires, of course, you to know what your what your process looks like and identifying also at 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 every step of the way where you can aut uh, automate and what steps are repetitive, right? So let's go into visibility because we talked a lot about process, but and and how to drive the process. But I also want to focus on and give a bit of an idea on visibility because without people knowing what you're doing, like if you're for even as an agency. Like if nobody knows in the company what we're doing, how would we even encourage them to participate, to partake in this process, bring in their own ideas from maybe other, from other parts of the, of the yeah, operations and, and all these kind of things. So visibility is very, very important. And I created, I think the slide for, for a presentation um, in, uh, for Conversion Hotel uh, a couple months back, I think in November, but just to share a bit how Visibility through meetings and touch points over time can really help uh, people to, to be more engaged in this process. And something I think I, think I referred to it also earlier um, is like create a meeting and reporting cadence. So just make sure you have certain meetings in the calendar that actually where you talk with stakeholders, with leadership, but also then think about all the other people who are or could be involved in, in the experimentation process. And what I, for example, really like to do, I mean, we, we're maybe a bit of a special case because we're an agency, but I like to bring in new people into meetings uh, regularly because if they have ideas that can help us or help the company drive the experimentation process or just come up with new ideas for experiments, then I really want that. I, I want people to have good ideas, but or I want people to be able to put their ideas into the process, but this would never happen if there, there wasn't this, this interface. So interfaces could be, for example, meetings where people share their ideas, um, but an interface could also be, and we ha usually have a Slack channel with clients and we're sometimes multiple ones, but where we share and, and actually pin a message where we tell people, Hey, if you have an idea, just go into this form quickly, jot down your idea with a couple of uh, extra piece, pieces of information. And he'll be notified when, the, when this one actually makes it into, the, into an experiment. And this is one way of tying people back into the process and making them, uh, yeah, part of it. So, and we also here, we have um, like, we have like scorecards and, and presentations that in our case are fully automated. So when with, with reports coming in from, uh, from, from experiments, once they're ready, uh, once, they're, once they're done, um, we, we have an automation that creates experimentation, uh, like these scorecards for us and, and yeah, also helps us understand and analyze uh, experiments. So visibility can take a lot of uh, shapes uh, throughout the company uh, or, or depending on the company you're in. But what I really encourage you to is like make more people part of it and be a bit of an evangelist in, uh, in, in your organization and share with people. And that could be like a, a newsletter. This could be a Slack channel. And there could be just meetings where you sometimes come up with ideas together and make this a bit more of a game um, 
and, and place bets on, on stuff that could work or not. But visibility will enable you to, to actually grow experimentation in the company. Right. So if we come back to this, this, um, this, uh, yeah, quote in a way, um, of this small conversation, you can see how a lot of these things, a lot of the building blocks can actually go help you go from, oh, this is a bit of an annoyance to, to actually having the team engaged. And as this was coming from the CMO of that company, I was very happy to see that because he also has a, as a good, a good, um, idea of what's happening in, in various departments. So yeah, I was very happy to see that. Um, but now when we look at, um, where you are as a company and with, with your current experimentation program, um, we can also talk about experimentation maturity. And earlier, uh, I think I'll go to this one first. Um, earlier we talked about how many people are running experiments throughout the company or commission experiments. And if I was to break this down more into a, into a ladder that people are into, into steps where people can walk up to or a company can evolve over time. There, there's this framework called experimentation maturity, where you can see that there is, uh, various, various levels starting from initial, right? Where experiments are run more on an ad hoc level. And then second, where in definition, it's called, I think, um, where people, where there's already a, a good process in place. And there's integration where the experimentation process is also integrated across the tool landscape, for example, and, and more into the, the, the process as general operations. And four, then management and measurement, where experimentation is actually already spread across the organization. And then the, the ultimate level, basically, um, optimization, where it's not just about, optimi about optimizing individual assets, but optimizing the process itself. And if you think about it, where you want to be as a company, I think you want to be more on the upper end of this, of this, uh, of this ladder, of this, of these steps of the staircase, whatever you want to call it. And this is why it's so important to, to take these building blocks start out in the, on the bottom, get buy-in, create a process, and you're already probably somewhere here, right? Um, even if it's with an agency, right? This is, this is super legit to work with an agency in the beginning. What's important though, is to make sure that the work done by the agency is not siloed across the company or, or in the company, but that actually you can, and that the agency encourages you to run more experiments, even outside of their scope. Um, and then step-by-step step, actually getting to the point where experimentation or experiments are run all across the company and where people have actually an interest in, in running experiments. And of course this is done by visibility and there we go. Uh, experimentation maturity, um, is something that will take a lot of time. I wish was, was a three month project that you could do in a company, but there's so many factors that contribute to that culture resources. Again, we talked initially about budget methodology, which is basically the process and, and all the, the bits and bobs that, that uh, come, come with, with creating a sound process infrastructure, making sure you do have the tools, you do have everything that's needed. Um, even infrastructure can, can be like meetings and, and having structure for that. And then integration as basically having leadership also make their 
decisions based on experiment. And now that we talk about leadership and experiments, it's a bit weird because previously we were talking about um, purely A-B tests, but creating this culture of, of decision-making uh, that's based on data, this is where, where experimentation really, really shines because people start understanding that their intuition might not always be right. And people will see that, that running experiments, again, it doesn't have to be an A-B test, but sometimes can just be a bet that you place on something and then you measure it, you measure the outcome, and then you see where you are and where this compares to your initial hypothesis. So all these factors play into experimentation maturity and that combined with the building blocks. And here's the takeaways again, it's, it's super simple. Not in execution, but in, in the way it's constructed. Get buy-in, create and define a process, stick to the process, even if an experiment doesn't work, stick to it, and then create visibility over time. This is not the easiest thing, but if you take a couple of the things I was suggesting and maybe come up with more ideas on how to create visibility in your specific case, then this can really help grow experimentation in your company and uh, go towards a more data-driven decision-making process. And eventually, just look at the examples of the big ones like Amazon, right? like Booking.com um, and, and others. They are running experiments all the time, thousands of them, probably not something that you can achieve like with just a couple of things I, I shared in this presentation, but the, the principle is the, the one that counts. Um, so I encourage you, get this right um, and you're already set up uh, to a good start with experimentation in your company. Thank you, Nils, for sharing these wonderful insights and thank you folks for sticking with us throughout this episode. Now it's your turn to take action. Implement these game-changing strategies and let us know what impact it had on your business. Also share this episode with anyone who could benefit from these insights and don't forget to check out the other fascinating conversations that we've had with industry experts. Before you go, make sure to hit that follow button so that you don't miss a single episode of the VWO podcast. That's a wrap from our side. Until next time, 